Hello and welcome to the Trivia with Friends podcast, a podcast where I invite my closest friends and ask them trivia questions to see just how smart they really are. Welcome to the fourth episode of Trivia with Friends. I'm your host, Quizmaster Bill Murawski. In this episode, I'll ask my guests 10 questions with categories including science, literature, parks and recreation, and more. Play along at home, in the car, or wherever you are listening to this podcast, and see if you're smarter than my friends. With me today is my wife, Rachel, and our best friends, Lainey and Nolan, joining us from Raleigh, North Carolina. How's everyone doing? Good. Good. All right. Um... Tell our audience how we know each other. Why are you a friend of Trivia with Friends? Well, a few years ago, Bill and Rachel asked me to uh, house it for them while they went on summer vacation. And so I happily obliged. So I stayed in the summer and then I didn't leave for a year. <laughs> lived, lived with Bill and Rachel for about a year while Bill and I were engaged. Best times of our lives. That was. And then you guys ruined it by moving to North Carolina. So thanks for that. All right. Uh, do we have a team name for your trivia team this episode? Yes, we are the Ledgerman of Dunshire. Nice. <laughs> Love it. Very uh, good, good callback to Parks and Rec for sure. Uh, I do have a Parks and Rec question for you, but I am going to start um, maybe a little bit... Uh, kind of targeted a little more towards you, Nolan, as a born and raised Dolphins fan. But everyone, uh, you guys welcome to answering on this as well. Miami Dolphins is the category for our question number one. The Miami Dolphins mascot used to be named Flipper. They have since changed his name to TD. What does TD stand for in the mascot's name? See, this is exactly what I was afraid of doing this podcast is the, these, these questions that are like very like on brand for each of us. You look like you don't know anything. Uh, it's very like my heart is pounding. I, so I was hoping that you were uh, that you were going to ask. It used to be Flipper. What's its name now? And I had like a sigh of relief. But then when you asked me what TD or when you asked us what TD stands for. With, with a D in Dolphin stand for dolphin i would think so as someone who knows nothing of football or the miami dolphins i just feel like is he like tony dolphin or tails the dolphin tails the dolphin i think that's a i mean you're shaking your head but i don't think that's a terrible guess i guess not i mean the i think the obvious answer would be touchdown because that's what td means i mean td i guess if they were wanting to make it a name like make touchdown into something that sounded like a name td sounds like a name it's not as fun as tails the dolphin but <laughs> <laughs> probably but i i don't think i mean no offense to if any of the four or five listeners we have uh are in the like, a solid 12 yeah but if one of those 12 are in the mascot naming uh career path uh mad kudos if you are but I don't think they're like that in-depth creative. Like, I, I think it's just like, we just need something, so pick it. 
But touch- and the dolphins need more touchdowns, right? Because they don't get a lot of them from what Ooh. I hear. So Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. You take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. So we're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. When you play Miami, you are talking Super Bowl. Well, Nolan, if you really think it's touchdown, I think it's the Dolphins. It's, it's way more likely that that touchdown stands for, or TD stands for touchdown than tails the Dolphins. <laughs> I mean, I would feel comfortable going with touchdown. It makes sense. It's not very fun, but it makes sense. All right, we're going with, we're going with touchdown. Yeah. TD stands for the dolphin. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? How it's like not like that's even less creative than touchdown. The dolphin. The dolphin. You know, most people think wow. it stands for touchdown. It's even less original of a name than that. Uh, it was apparently too much money to pay for the rights of Flipper. And uh, so they, with the movie and all that, so they changed it and went with TD, which again, stands for the dolphin. Wow. Are you proud of your team right now, Nolan? I am. I think we reasoned <laughs> that really well. I think we can petition um, to the beloved Miami office uh, to at least, like, let's get the creativity level maybe, like, to 2%. It's probably at 1% now with the <laughs> dolphin. It's less than that. <laughs> to, like, a tails the dolphin level. I think yeah, that's Yeah, I mean, that, that would be a solid 33%. Miami, if you're listening, we have copyrights on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to our next category. Question number two is music festivals. Which music festival was founded in 1991 by Jane's Addiction frontman, Perry Farrell, as a farewell tour for his band? Like in the 90s, is, is that band like a punk band, a rock band? Yeah, um, Jane's Addiction was, so Dave Navarro was the guitarist for Jane's Addiction. And when John Frusciante uh, dropped out of the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, Navarro took his place for one album. So it's kind of like Chili Peppers alternative, I guess, grunge alternative, uh, but not really grungy, not like Alice in Chains. Well, we know it's not Woodstock because they were yeah. founded in 1969. Not Woodstock. Um, Lollapalooza had Daft Punk play. That's kind of the same genre, isn't it? I was thinking Lollapalooza, there's Warp Tour I know I- had. Warp, Warp Tour was my initial thought because, they, like, so I think these uh, these artists were kind of like very punkish, like kind of off the grid, and so anything too mainstream, they they tried to stay away from. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like like Bonnaroo or Lollapalooza, um, I, I would I like I would per, like I would think it would be more like Warp Tour because that's more of a punkish scene. But I mean, it could, it could be Lollapalooza. It's not Lilith Fair. I can tell you that pretty quickly. <laughs> Definitely not Lilith Fair. <laughs> and it's probably not Coachella. I, I was thinking Warp Tour was the first one that came to my mind as well. I went once in high school. I don't wow. even know if my parents knew that I went. They probably did not. I probably went to a friend's house, but. What year was that? Um, it was, I was maybe a sophomore so 2003 2003 but it was pretty established by then like 
everybody knew Warp Tour. So it had definitely been around for a little while. I think Warp Tour is a good guess. That would be my guess, but I was wrong on the dolphin, so. <laughs> I think Warp is a good guess too. Yeah, that was my gut instinct at the beginning. I think we're gonna we're gonna lock in Warp Tour. Warp Tour is your answer. Final answer. Warp Tour is incorrect. Oh. You had it early on. Lollapalooza. Ah. Oh, well, Daft Punk, that makes sense. They're very... Why Daft Punk? I just I just know that they played in two. They did, they did play at Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza ran until 1997. So from 91 to 97, then revived again in 2003. The first Lollapalooza was opened by a band called The Butthole Surfers. Great band. <laughs> Pepper was their big song. Do you actually know them? Yeah. I have never heard you know, of them. You know them too. What? Listen I, to I know no one by the name of Butthole Surfers. <laughs> you will you will recognize the song Pepper. Okay. I'm writing that one down. Uh, included Nine Inch Nails, Ice Tea, and of course the main attraction of the nights or of the, the, the festival was Jane's Addiction. All right. So we are 0 for 2 so far. This is the worst. <laughs> Let's move to uh, our next category, question number three, which is candy. Ooh, I feel okay on that. You, you're a big candy fan? We like candy. I mean, we dabble. We dabble. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe you've dabbled in this candy. I know I have. What candy's name is derived from the German word for peppermint, which is pfeffermins? Pfeffermins. So it would be a peppermint candy whose name sort of sounds like Pfeffermans. <laughs> York is the only one I can think of. Candy canes. What are the little the little green ones that you that you would get at um, like village? Oh, they have like a little mountain on them. There's like a little mountain range imprinted on them. Um, Andes. Andes. Like the Andes Mountains. Uh, I really hate peppermint candy. I think it does not belong in the candy world. What does what does Bill like? Because he told us that he he dabbled or dabbled in this particular candy. Can you think, <laughs> Rachel? I need you to list every single candy that Bill has ever eaten. <laughs> we might be here. This is a six-hour podcast, everybody. Bill's a big candy fan, but I we don't love get candy. mint candy very often at all. Like, I just think if mint is with chocolate, it feels like you're brushing your teeth and eating a chocolate bar. Um, but Junior Mints, Junior which mints. sounds nothing like Pfeffermans. Junior Mints, I feel like at least is a good type of peppermint candy. <laughs> and mm. it's German. Pfeffermans. Would you guys like a clue? Yes, please, desperately. <laughs> While it started as a peppermint candy, it is not known as a peppermint candy anymore. What about those ones? I used to get them at school and now they had peppermint and they had fruity ones and they came in like a tube with like the, the um, foil around them. They were little round discs and they're like chewy. 
oh, and you'd like peel the little wrapper off of them and pop one or two in. Um, Mentos. Met the fresh Mentos. Mentos. That's a good one. Fermins. 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 Mentos. I think that's it. I think it could be that. I mean, I still think they are peppermint, like mint. But they also have, they have fruity flavors now too, though. Which are way better. Yeah. All right, we're going with Mentos. 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 Wrong. What? <laughs> Mentos right, is incorrect. Correct answer was Pez. The creation of a particularly, particularly fine peppermint candy in 1927 by Howard Haas III in Austria marked the birth of Pez. It was originally introduced in small tins. The refreshing candy proved extremely popular. The name Pez comes from the German word for peppermint, pfeffermins, taking the P from the first letter, the E from the middle letter, and the Z from the last letter to form the now iconic brand name Pez. Uh, the original shape of Pez candy was round and it was actually called Pez Drops. The candy quickly changed the familiar brick shape that we still manufacture and love today. I never would have gotten a Pez. What, what, like, but when you think of Pez, you don't actually really think of the candy. It, it, the main attraction for Pez is the dispensers. That's true. I didn't even know they made mint Pez. Yeah, originally. I don't know if they still make it, but they, that, that's where they originated from. But Nolan, you're right. I mean, Pez has become more about the characters, more about mm -hmm. the collector's item. Uh, the, you know, you, the candy itself is, you can eat it in 30 seconds. It's not even worth putting it into the Pez dispenser. It's so hard to put in the Pez dispenser. <laughs> but the collector's item of a Pez or what kind of character you get uh, is much more, is known much more in our culture today for sure. Uh, most expensive Pez dispenser was sold for $13,000. It was a political donkey made in 1961. Only two were ever made. Wow. And uh, the, most, uh, the most rare product is the Make-A-Face Pez from the 1970s, which was sort of like a Mr. Potato Head <laughs> with attachable parts to it. Um, but now it was, was taken off the market because they were afraid of children swallowing those parts. I was going to say, those have to be so tiny to like yeah. change the face on a Pez dispenser. <laughs> All right, guys, we're over yeah, three. No. We're just Not the up. greatest start, but might be moving into an area you know quite a bit about. Uh, with a team name of the Ledgerman of Dunshire, our next category is Parks and Recreation. No pressure. Whenever I watch Parks and Rec to give our audience a, a picture of, you know, who's playing right now. Nolan is Andy Dwyer. We say it every time we watch it. I mean, just in temperament and ridiculousness and the absolutely stunningly good looks that Chris Pat Pratt has, uh, Nolan shares that 100%. I don't know if there's a higher compliment that you can pay. <laughs> But I, every time we watch Parks and Rec, I think Lainey kind of hates it a little bit because I'm prone to the silliness. Um, but I just like aspire to be more. 
to be more to channel Andy Dwyer. Be more Andy Dwyer like. (laughs) Phenomenal. Like if, yeah. Lainey, who would you be if you were a character on Parks and Rec? My ultimate role model is Leslie Nope. I mean that take every show out there. My mark is Leslie Nope. I have a bunch of highlighters, markers. I try to organize ways that I see her organizing. You research everything. Like you would come back with a book of research on anything that we needed to do or know about. All right. Well, here we go. Parks and Rec is our category. Not a lot is known about Ron Swanson's background, but we did get to meet his three brothers in the final season. What were their names? I remember, I don't remember exactly, but I think we can reason this out. Um, I know that they were all, they all rhymed. They were all simple names that rhymed with Ron. Like for instance, I'm pretty sure one was Don, like D-O-N, Don. Then there would have to be one John. John. John, Ron, Don, what is one more name? It was, it was like- Sean? Maybe Sean, it was one- that was, um, it was a little bit more, like, less common, but still kind of, it's kind of like an old-timey name. Vaughn. I'm Vaughn. literally That's what it was. going through the alphabet, and I just now got to V and was like, Vaughn's a name. I think it was Vaughn. So you think it's John, Don, and Vaughn? I think so. I mean, but who, that's... Who's the one that takes over the business for Ron when he becomes a park ranger? It, one of them. And then... He like goes to shake Ron's hand and Ron says, don't, don't be so emotional or something. I identify a lot with Ron Swanson. We were discussing last night, like I said, we, again, we're watching and we said our daily Andy Dwyer is so Nolan comment. And then I was like, who would you be? And Bill's like, I'd be Ron. It's like, I think I can see that. I'm a big like Ron, Ron Swanson, Stanley Hudson type of character. I'm okay with that. More, more of Florida Stanley. Florida Stanley is like Summer Bill. <laughs> I think our final answer is John, Don, and Vaughn. We're going with John, Don, and Vaughn. Correct. All right. Correct answer. Their names, Ron Swanson's brothers. Don was correct. Vaughn was correct. John was wrong. John? Correct answer was Lon, L-O-N. Two out of three. You know what? Two out of three, though. I think I'll I think I'll give that one to you guys. We'll take the pity point. I yeah, I, I don't know why you said John, because we said we were saying Lon the whole time. It must, <laughs> it must be like the Zoom. Yeah. The Zoom call that we're doing from, you know, four states away. Right. Gets lost in the interwebs. Mm, connection issues. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll give, you a, I'll give you a point for that one. Two out of three is not bad. This is our bonus style question. You will need to get half or more than half to get this question correct. All right. Our category is science. Mm. There are seven major levels of classification of animals. What are they? Lainey just got super pumped for that one. 
I know this one. I know all seven, but let's see which ones you guys know. Um, man, this is like going way back to science classes. Red meat, white meat, <laughs> poultry. <laughs> Isn't family one of them? Oh, I think I'm like classification. I'm just now starting to understand the question. <laughs> Isn't that the worst? Isn't that the worst when you're like, everyone's like trying to come up with answers. You're like, I don't even know if I know what the question <laughs> means. Yeah, it is the worst. Um, species would be one of them. Species is one of them. Family was one of them. Genome. Just throwing out words. You, you, you have the, the gene, but it's not genome. G geography where they live genealogy no. genus genus <laughs> nice yeah. is there one that's that starts with a Z? what'd you say is there one that starts with a z no okay all right laney you're toying around with them now <laughs> go ahead and name them can you name them in order i can it's kingdom phylum class order family genus species should say that slower. Should I say it slower? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I understood what you said. Oh. I can say them again. It's kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. That's all seven. That is correct. Woo, impressive. <laughs> I did take a class in college that they use it as a filtering mechanism. So the whole entire class, you had to learn over a hundred different species. And then you would go into the classroom and you would see bones and things under microscopes and uh, plant leaves and all these random things. And the, the, there was one test and you would go around and you would have to name, you would see the microscope, look underneath it. And it would say, name the phylum, name the kingdom, name the species of all these random species. It was very challenging, but I crushed that class. Lainey is very smart with like science things. I feel like you loved science it, classes. It baffles me because she's one of the smartest people I've ever met, but we- But we she married you? That's true. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, for as smart as she is, we live in we lived in the same apartment for three years and she would still need to look at Google Maps to get from work home. It, it makes no sense to me. And I would still get lost sometimes. Wow. All right, guys, you, uh, you finished off round one, two for five. Not bad. Uh, we'll see if we can improve on that in the next round. Uh, we're going to go to one of your guest questions in a segment we call Quiz the Master. I believe wasn't Nolan the one who who gave you that? You did. Nolan did come up title? with this segment title, Quiz the Master. That's me, your quiz master. So we have a question. Who's going? Are you going first? I'm going to go first. Okay, you're going first. All right, guys. So with the Morowskis, the four of us love to play games together. So that is going to be my category is games. So here's the question. Created in 1978, the Spiel de Jahres is one of the most prestigious award for board and card games. Which game was awarded Game of the Year in 2019? Ooh. I have not a clue. What's tricky is that we, we own a lot of games. Like, we have games 
in our coffee table chest. We have a whole dresser full of games. They're under our bed. We do. We have a lot of we games. Have so many, but we haven't bought new ones for a little while now. I think once you guys moved away from us, we stopped playing as consistently as we had been, which I think that's that's um pretty, you know, pretty much impossible not to because we would play like decathlons of games, like week, <laughs> weekend benders of games. We haven't bought a game in a while. So I I'm like really even rusty on what would be a game that has come out in the last year. I do know that you guys sent us the game Planet um, last Christmas, birthday. I think it was two Christmases ago. No, yeah. it, was, it was recently. I know. That, that's a fantastic game, Planet. Um, but if it won the award in 2019, I feel like it would have had to be around for like a little bit. Yeah, I, I, it's, I know it's not planet. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know, I can't, I can't remember the exact name and I don't know if you guys have played, but it's, it's, it's kind of like an Uno variation. It's called llamas, um, or something that has to do with like two llamas or something where, um, it's, it, I mean, think Uno or phase 10 or something. And it's kind of like that. It's really Dose, Dose llamas. Dose llamas. Yes. I have not played that. I was I, thinking I'm making this up. I don't know if that's an actual game. <laughs> I was thinking of the game with the um with the jewels and things where you're having to collect the jewels to oh, buy that, splendor. That was before that. Yeah. That was like 2016 or so. I we'll go two llamas because I don't have an answer. You it, stop me on this one. Well, Nolan, I'm a little disappointed. Because we own this game, and every year we get the game of the year, and we got the game of the year for Christmas this year. It's just one. Just oh. one? I've never even heard of that. What was the llama one? The llama was close. That was a nominee, but it didn't win the award. What I, kind of game is just one? Is it cards or a board game? It's a game where you, it's actually kind of collaborative. So you have one person who is trying to guess the clue and everyone else has a little whiteboard in front of them. And so there's a word and you guys are all trying to write a word, but you can't match the other contestants. So if you match the other contestants, then those whiteboards are erased and the person who's trying to guess can't guess. And so you're trying to come up with clues that are obscure enough, but still on target enough where that person can guess. And so the more, unique you have the more that guesser has to uh clues we, to guess. we have we have played this i feel like we played I with think you guys played it with and you. john brooke yes that mm -hmm. is all ringing a bell now it's a good game great great question i mean you you guys came at us with uh or you came at us with a uh definitely a, a category that we know a lot about but not, not not tonight not this episode at least we don't own that one i don't think we have just one by the way. We do. It's in the car. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, we will take a break and we'll be back very shortly. And we're back. 
Before we get to our next round of questions, we have our trivia tip of the episode. It's simply this, don't leave it blank. If you are playing bar trivia or uh, you're playing any sort of trivia, never leave an answer blank. It's better to take a guess, make a joke, or scribble something down that might look like the right answer. All those are better options than saying nothing at all. One of my personal favorite things to do is if I don't know the answer, but I might know the first few letters or the first part of the answer, I'll write those down and then let my handwriting get sloppier as I go, scribble <laughs> a line or so at the end, and ta-da, you've got an answer. 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> so there it is, our trivia tip for this episode. Don't leave it blank. If that works 60% of the time, I'm pretty impressed. Um, just about. And we, we have done it multiple times where we've kind of written an S, M, and then a line. And our trivia host is, uh, is gracious enough to say, yeah, it was Smithers. Was the or answer. at least put an entertaining answer to be read. Yeah. Like I mean, if you really don't know, and if you're not, I mean, if you're not in competition, if you're not in, you know, in the running for winning, um, that's when I'll go with a funny answer. You know, something mm -hmm. that you have to make our trivia, the trivia host read out loud, the, the, the funnier, the better on those. If you're in it to win it, uh, I would probably wouldn't go with a funny answer, but I'd probably try to make an educated guess of some kind. Either way, don't leave it blank. All right, we're going to get back to round two of our questions. Our next category is politics. According to the United States Constitution, Article 1, Section 3, who casts a deciding vote in the U.S. Senate if there is a tie? I do not know politics. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know either. The, so what I'm thinking, I, I don't think, so the whole, like, <clears throat> when the Constitution was kind of formed, the whole idea was checks and balances. Mm -hmm. So the Senate is like balancing uh, Congress and they're all kind of balancing, like it's all balancing each other. So I, all of that to say, I wouldn't say that it's, I, like I wouldn't say it's the president or somebody that they're trying to hold accountable. I or, don't even think it could be like a single person because then the whole decision comes down to that one person, right? I think it is a single person. It's like a chairman or like, I know that there's a person for the House of Representatives too. What's it called though? The, the, the speaker head. for the House is the, the head of... Yeah, it's, some, it's a role like that, but for the Senate. Maybe the Secretary of State or someone like that. Has this ever happened? Do you know? How often does it happen? Like I'll tell you, I'll tell you all that after. Who did you say it was for the House of Representatives, Dolan? The Speaker of the House is the leader of the House of Representatives. I wonder if sure. that could be who the deciding vote goes to. I can't think of the name for what it is for the Senate. Hmm. Well, that's the best guess I have. Speaker of the House. Either that or the President. At, <laughs> at first, I was like, it can't be the President, but now it could be the President. <laughs> <laughs> or the vice president doesn't the vice president like deal with the senate could be the vice president i'd be okay with the vice president too what do you think rachel we need your help here 
I am no help, but I would be supportive of a vice president guess. Going with vice president? Go with the vice president. Took you a while to get there, but that is correct. Woo! <laughs> It is the vice president. There have been 268 tie-breaking tie votes wow. since 1789. John C. Calhoun has the most with 31. Joe, Joe Biden is tied with the least with zero. Hmm. There you go. Of all the things we get right. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to our seventh question. You evened it up here. We're three for six now. Our seventh question is literature. Shirley Jackson wrote which famous short story about a rural town's annual grizzly tradition? Short story. I'm like, what short stories do you know? This is a pretty famous one. It wouldn't be Little Red Riding Hood. There's no tradition in that. That's all Hansel and Gretel. That, those are all the Grimm's, Grimm's uh, fairy tales. What are some other short stories that you can think of? I'm totally blanking. Um, it could be something with like witches or I'm trying to think like what small towns would do yearly. I don't know if burning witches was a thing that they did yearly or not, or just that they found one. <laughs> well, so usually with short stories in, in literature, when, when they become well-known, um, it's usually like a social commentary. So like think uncle Tom's cabin. Um, that was a social commentary on slavery, which was, you know, that was the deciding factor that well is known or is believed to have pushed like Abraham Lincoln's support for um, the Civil War. So these short stories they can be pretty powerful to sway, and usually when it's something like a small town with like these that's a I think that's a common literary trope with like things seem perfect, but underneath they're hiding like a really malicious um, secret, mm -hmm. that, would, that would be a really easy way to comment on some kind of social issue. And I'm assuming that Shirley Jackson is American. I feel like you're, we're going to know it as soon as we hear it too. And it's probably going to fit everything that Nolan just described about stories. <laughs> All right. So what... What stories do you know, Rachel, that you would read to Lucy? Not know. any with a grisly yearly tradition. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't hit that stage in parenting. That's next year when she's eight. <laughs> um, what about, there's that one story about the woman who has to decide if she wants to save the prince yes. or go to the- The Hunger Games. Oh. <laughs> Save the prince or, or what? Or, but he ends up going to the line. You have to decide which way it went. No? All right. Just me. Like a make your own adventure book? No, it's not a make your own adventure, but you don't know what happened <laughs> at the end. So you're left wondering uh, if she saved the prince or if he, she fed him to the lion. No? All right. <laughs> 
I'm just still trying to figure out what a grisly annual tradition in a town would be. Like, are they killing certain people? Are they like sending out a certain people group? Like what, see if that triggers a book that I've heard of or a short story. All right. Well, our trivia tip of the night was don't leave it blank. So don't leave it blank. Oh. Can we come up with an answer? Make something up. Give me a funny response, whatever you need to do. I think it's, um, (laughs) I'm not not putting that in the podcast. (laughs) It's going to drive me crazy when you say it, Bill. All right. We can't leave it blank. Any, what's something with witches that we know? Three little witches or. The witch of Blackbird Pond. Let's go with it. It's an answer. What are we going with? The witch of Blackbird Pond. That is very clearly incorrect. <laughs> Correct answer. Shirley Jackson wrote a famous short story called The Lottery. I've heard of it. I've never read it, though. The Lottery uh, was published in The New Yorker in 1948. Uh, it's a short story where everyone has to pull, uh, they pull names out of, uh, or pull sheets of paper out of a box. and if they get the one with the black dot on it. The entire town stones them to death. Oh. It's one lottery you don't want to win. Is that the tagline? No. <laughs> Should be. I just want to take this time and uh, apologize to all my liter- uh, literature teachers. Mr. Dessa, Dr. It is, it is a phenomenal. It is a phenomenal short story. It's one of my favorites, and I don't have many because I don't read a lot, but... Uh, one of my favorites to that I have read that I do remember it does Nolan talk of the kind of the social uh, societal pressure societal peer pressure um, that there's no real reason given in if I remember correctly there's no real reason given in the story for this tradition but they kind of do it every year and it's just it's kind of one of those things they do over and over and over again um, and it's just kind of that social commentary on peer pressure amongst other things. All right. Well, we are on question number eight. We've gotten three correct. We're going to move to geography. That's awesome. I'm great at math. (laughs) Geography, Nolan. Geography. You guys are very well-traveled. Yes. Sure. Been some places. Relatively. Okay, can you please name all of the countries that you guys have been to because you are definitely well-traveled? Switzerland. France. India. Germany. Nepal. Bhutan for me. I went to Sri Lanka. Um, All right, now you're showing off. Didn't you guys go to Ireland together on Groupon? We went to Ireland on Groupon. Iceland. (laughs) Iceland, that was a great one. Scotland. Kenya. Ghana. So you're you're well-traveled, yes. Yeah. We're going to South Carolina on Monday, so we're also pretty well-traveled. All right, here we go. Geography is your question. What is the largest landlocked country in the world? So it's not going to be, what are big countries? Russia's big, but it's not landlocked. Mm -hmm. China's not landlocked. Mm -hmm. Mongolia is pretty big, and it's landlocked. Mongolia. 
I feel like it would be somewhere in like Asia. There's a lot of small countries in Asia too, though. You know what has really larger countries is Africa. It's mm. true. Yeah, maybe like the the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Mm-hmm. Kenya. Oh my gosh, there's so many options. But Kenya is not landlocked. Maybe Afghanistan. I don't know if that's landlocked or not. Um, but it, I know that's a, a pretty huge. Mm. I don't think it would be anywhere in Europe. Those are pretty small countries. I feel like it has to be somewhere somewhere in Africa, like somewhere in Central Africa. The only the only like big African nations I could think of that are landlocked would be either the, the DRC or the Central African Republic of the Congo. One of the Congos. That or one of the Stan countries is what I'm thinking. We just went over the Stan countries in trivia last night. There's Pakistan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan. Any of those? I don't. I don't know. I, don't I, I think the biggest of the sand countries is, is Afghanistan. Are there any South American countries that are landlocked? Mm, that's true. The, Brazil's the, not. The only thing one I would think of would be like Brazil or Colombia. That would be in mass larger than Brazil for sure is not landlocked. And I don't think Colombia is either. So I, I think we can rule out definitely North America, definitely South America. Mm-hmm. Definitely everything in, in Eastern Europe. But, and that just leaves Africa and the Middle East and then Mongolia. Mongolia is a big chunk. It's pretty big. We can go with Mongolia. It, it's, I think it, this will be a really hard one. You can limit it down, but it's hard to know exactly. Yeah. I think Afghanistan's bigger or, or Mongolia. I'm terrible at geography and maps, so I don't know which one would be bigger. I think Afghanistan may be bigger, Mongolia. but I don't know. It might touch the um, the Bay Area there. Mm-hmm. So, what are we rolling out the DRC or? No, because they're big place too, and, and Africa is much smaller than people think because it's because of where it lies on the like whatever map we That's use. True. The um, the longitude lines are kind of shrunk right in the middle there. But like you can fit, uh, you can fit North America, South America, and Europe in uh, in the continent of Africa. So they're definitely bigger than they they seem. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to going one of the Congos. I think the DRC might be bigger because the CAR is is kind of narrow there, and the D- DRC has a big like chunk. All right, let's go with I guess the DRC. It's kind of a shot in the dark. What do you think, Rachel? I'm good with it. Democratic Republic of the Congo? Yeah. That is not a landlocked country. Mm-hmm. There is a sliver of it that <laughs> is touching the coast. Mm. Of course, landlocked just means that there's no, uh, there is no coastline to an ocean, open ocean. Correct answer, uh, it was one of the stands. It was not Afghanistan. Afghanistan is number nine. Mongolia is number two, so we're getting closer with that. Kazakhstan is the correct answer. Kazakhstan is the ninth largest country by area in the world, but it has one of the lowest population densities at six people per square mile. And even though they are landlocked, they have a navy. 
what do they do in their Navy? I mean, they put their Navy out either in the Caspian Sea, which ah. is what it is touching, or to one of the other major oceans. All right, uh, that is question number eight. Moving on to question number nine. We have an office question. The office is the category. In season two, Creed reveals his distinct old man smell. What is the cause of that old man smell, according to Creed? Okay, this is more of a relief because we'll get at least one more. <laughs> also, I was listening to the other episode, the, the, the latest episode um, of Trivia with Friends. And I, that, I, that would have been two episodes at this airing. Sure. Oh, back it up. So, but episode two with Justin and Kayla. Right. Yeah. I, I would like to see what a non office fan would think of, of trivia with friends because it's, there's a lot of office reference here. You have to love the office to like trivia with friends. I don't think that's true. You have to love the office to be a happy human being. I think you that have is to, true. I think you have to love the office to be my friend. That is true. There are people that I know that when, you know, that kind of comes up and they're like, I don't like it. I just, I am like, well, we had a good run. That was it. Half of what you say among your friends is office quotes. So I feel like people would just be lost if they knew nothing of it. Yeah, that's true. We've actually talked, we've come up with a formula. Well, I've come up with a formula where it's like, you have to like two of the three things that are like most important to me. What, what are they? So Jesus is number one. Um, I can be your friend if you don't love Jesus, but there's, you know, there's a governor there. Um, <laughs> number two would be the office. And then number three would probably be uh, NFL or some kind of fantasy sport. After that, there's really not much else to my personality. <laughs> uh, I love it. All right. So again, office in season two, Creed reveals his distinct old man smell. What is the cause? You guys know? I do know. I don't know this one. All right, Rachel, you want to say on three? Uh, that's a lot of pressure. I oh, don't know if go I'm going to word it the same as you. No, it's okay. You go ahead. He's what? sprouting. I think they're called mung. Mung seeds or mung beans on yep. a damp paper towel. Yes, mung beans. Mung beans on a damp paper towel. I think the, the exact quote is, I know exactly what he's talking about. I sprout mung beans on a damp paper towel. They smell like death, but they're nutritious. <laughs> that is word for word what he says, and that is correct. Finally. Well done, well done. Uh, favorite Creed moment on The Office? When he gets arrested. It's about time. I love in the Halloween episode where he's like splattered in blood and didn't realize it was Halloween. And he's like, well, this worked out well because no one questioned it. <laughs> There's a lot of little ones. The one that comes to mind is, um, oh, you're paying way too much for worms. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your worm guy? <laughs> he does have just a lot of little interjections. Like there's just little snippets that he has. It's never like a full scene of Greek, well, really. And, and that's the beauty of The Office is that it's not like, that. what's funny of it are the really subtle little hints. So like if you watch his face when something like, when something crazy or 
gross is going on, he, he lights up. Kind of the same as like when you watch Stanley's face, when mm-hmm. like there's insubordination, he's like really into it or something. Yeah. And it's like that, and that's why The Office is so brilliant to watch four to 500 times through. <laughs> In a week. It's because they're like every single time there are these like tiny little things that you just never pick up on. If you watch someone different every time, like even the people in the background and things, like they have just as much going on with them, even though they're not truly in the scene. Right. And we've actually, we've been watching it through recently um, and watching for characters that like break character and laugh. Um, John, John Krasinski does it all the time. Have you, have you listened to the office ladies podcast? I haven't. I need, we need to. We've listened to a few and and I I do recommend it for an office fan because the first episode is really cringy and hard to get through, but they kind of get into the rhythm after that. Um, But they go episode by episode, just giving background and like, look for when I watched it. And like, this is, this is Jenna Fisher who plays Pam and Angela Kinsey who plays uh, Angela um, they're giving their experience as having, having been on the show, uh, to what you're watching. And, and it just is like, as an office fan, it brings another depth to, you know, your, your office fandom. Yeah. I think for me, my favorite Creed moment is when, when Toby is giving self-defense and uh, he, he says, uh, strike, scream and run. And, Creed just stands up, smacks Meredith across the head, <laughs> goes, yep, and then runs out of the room. And like nothing is said about it. All right. Well, we're going to our final question of our episode. This one is uh, your choice. I'll give you two categories. You tell me which one you'd like to answer. And the opposite one will be on Instagram. And you can. Submit your answers there. Go ahead and play along uh, for the question they don't choose. But your choices are, the categories are, Emmys or Boy Scouts. Who? Were you a Boy Scout, Nolan? No. Hmm. I watch the Oscars every year, but I don't really watch the Emmys that much. Which one is the Emmys? Is that No, that's not music. That's TV. <laughs> Yes, Emmys is TV. I mean, I, I watch a lot of TV. The only thing I know about the Boy Scouts was from one of the questions we had a few weeks ago where their motto is always be prepared. So if that's the answer, then we'll take that one. And if that's not the answer, then <laughs> we'll go Emmys. Emmys it is. <laughs> go ahead and uh, follow us on Instagram, Trivia with Friends podcast for our Boy Scouts question. Here is your Emmys category question. Who is the first actress to win three Emmys for three different comedy series in 1996, 2006, and 2012? I feel like I have a, an idea that is kind of a front runner, but I'm not 100%. And I'm going to butcher her name, uh, but uh, is it... Uh, Louise Ann Dreyfus. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. Because that was who I thought was around Seinfeld. I don't know anything about 06, but 12 would be Veep, which I know 
one like in landslides. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the same exact thing and also was not sure what her 2006 would have been. I love her in Seinfeld. Elaine is probably my favorite TV character. So the, the other person I was thinking is um, Courtney Cox. Um, mm. Monica, right. Because she was, she had friends and then either 06 or 07 was Cougar Town. True. Which is um, Abed's favorite in community. <laughs> he was on an episode. Was he? He, well, he said he was in the TV show and he actually was on an episode in real life. Is she in something more recently? I don't know that she is. She could be. So with, um, when was Friends? 90s. The 90s. The early 2000s. And then Jennifer Aniston went more towards movies afterwards. Yeah. I think Julia is what we should go with because I feel like the shows that you mentioned are ones that I know. Uh, and I only watch like three TV shows. So That's true. Also, I found when we play trivia, usually if two people like start off with the same thought before any discussion has gone, more often than not, it's usually the right answer. All right, so we're going with Julia. What do you think, Rachel? I think that is our best guess. Okay, let's do it. All right, Julia Louis-Dreyfus did win an Emmy in 2000, sorry, 1996 for Outstanding Lead Actress. Also won it in 2006 for Outstanding Lead Actress. Also won it in 2012. Woo! That is correct. <laughs> what, were the, what were the shows, Bill? The 1996 you guys had was Seinfeld. 2012 was Veep. 2006, The New Adventures of Old Christine. I forgot. Oh, that's right. That was a, the big one. Um, IMDB says her nickname. I found this one out. I thought this was an interesting little tidbit. Her nickname is Little Yum Yum. <laughs> which I only want to call people little yum yum now. Um, Elaine Bennis uh, as in Seinfeld or Julie Louis-Dreyfus as Elaine Bennis in Seinfeld did not appear in the original pilot. And so out of superstition, she's never watched the episode. Hmm. There you go. That reminds me of, I mean, going back to the office, but um, Steve Carell is never, he watched the first like 10 minutes of the UK version of The Office with Ricky Gervais and then never, and then turned it off and never watched it. And I, I think still to this day, he's never. He didn't want to be, he didn't want to uh, play the same character, he said. Right. Which, I mean, and it's, it's like, it's weird because the first couple episodes of the US Office are basically like shot for shot. Like the same. First, the first one is very close. The, the ones after that are not though. Right. And, and that's why I think it was so successful because Americans have a much more optimistic humor. Whereas like for something to be funny in Britain, I'm sorry for, you know, the Brits that are listening, but so far there have been none. They've all been US based. It's just drier humor. It's dry, but it's also very cynical. It's very pessimistic. Yeah. All right. Well, before we uh, close out this episode, we should have one other guest question. So this is one of our favorite formats of questions that we do is the, who am I, where am I? Yeah. Um, so I, the who am I, where am I format is for those who are unaware, 
you give a series of clues and as you're giving those clues, the point value goes down, uh, but the, the clarity of who it is or what, what you're describing or where you're describing, that obviously increases as you get more and more clues. Right, so I've got eight clues here. Okay. Um, and so I don't know how we want to do it. If you guys know it after the first one, I'm going to be very sad. Um, so if you know it, I guess, I don't know. Sure it is. Uh, okay, so the very first clue, and this is where am I? My construction began in the year 1163. Okay. Um, I'm going to need another clue. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking already like cathedrals or like something like yeah. that, but I mean, not enough to give a guess. Agreed. All right. Let's go with another one. Okay. The architect who designed me used the perfect ratio, which is one to 1.61. And it's believed to be uh, to represent perfection in arts. Uh, and so you can find the perfect ratio in all of my dimensions. So just in that, it makes me think of um, like a, a Da Vinci type, which I don't know if that's 1100s. I, I have my timing of ancient or you know historical figures is not very good. I do know that he was in Ever After, and I believe that was around the time frame. There you go. Ever after that's got to be okay, but it's got to be accurate. But we are looking. <laughs> we are looking for a place. So obviously, you know, you have the Sistine Chapel. But uh, let's go. Let's go. One more clue, Noel. I was built on an island in the middle of a city. Isn't there an island out by California that has the prison on it? Alcatraz. But this is eleven. 63. Yeah, 1163 <laughs> would predate all that. Um, I mean, you have like the Parthenon, you have Stonehenge. They don't know how that got Stonehenge. Built. They know more about that than you think they do. Aliens? No. <laughs> like Australia or Iceland, which is an island and it's something inside of the country. All right, let's go one more clue. So, right in front of me, is an often overlooked marker that serves as point zero, or the points from which every distance from my city to every other city in my country are measured. So like, if you want me to break that down for you, like- I, I understand it. I, you're saying this is gonna be something on the, like uh, on the equator is where we're looking. You know, you have zero longitude, you're looking on that. I think it means more like, like this is a significant area that everything in their country is measured or their city is measured from this point is like, it's this far from there or it's that far from there. Like that is the central point and then okay. everything is measured from how far it is from there. So it'd have to be a but pretty the way significant you measure, place. Right, but the way that you measure the way you measure those things would be longitude and latitude or miles. You, I, the only other thing I thought of was, um, you know, all roads, all roads lead to Rome as like a saying. Oh, the, um, what, I, what is the thing? The Colosseum would it be the Colosseum. Colosseum. Colosseum was like perfect measurements of that. 
wasn't wasn't like the gladiators before that though like you're talking like first century they're definitely first century row like it can't be coliseum let's go one more clue okay my roof is made up of entirely wood the frame of which contains more than 1300 trees earning me the nickname the forest these clues are just as hard as your clues Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if these clues are making it easier for us to guess, but they are very interesting. I mean, it does not, it does rule out the Coliseum. Because it has a wooden roof now. the timeline does anyway. Sistine Chapel wasn't wood. What was... Um, Notre Dame? Was no, I was just about to say Notre Dame. I mean, we did say cathedral and it was like uh, early on. And... That would make sense because it it burned down. It, it is a lot, yeah. It would burn, would burn a little bit quicker than like a steel or something like that. Burned, um, what last year? With five with five clues, you said you have eight for us. Yeah. I'm gonna we're gonna because this is a different style of question. I'm gonna lock my answer in as with five clues as Notre Dame Cathedral. But we'll let Lainey and Rachel play it out if they want to keep moving forward. I think it's right. I think Notre Dame is... Are you locking, you're locking yours in I'm, as well? I'm locking in. I'm locking in. Let's All see right. what we're going to do. Rachel? Well, I'm going to be different then and hear another clue, Nolan. Uh, I am the most visited monument in Paris. Mm. I'm going to lock in on the Notre Dame Cathedral. <laughs> Okay, so with all three, uh, the last two clues, I am the, the home to the Holy Crown, which Jesus mm -hmm. wore as he was crucified. And the last crew, clue on April 15th, 2019, I caught fire mm -hmm. and collapsed. I am the Notre Dame Cathedral. Nice. What? Good question. Pretty cool, right? I yeah. love, I mean, that's one of my favorite formats of questions as I host trivia to do to create but it's also like the hardest to create so so the the point the point the point zero it's called the zero point and so if you were to say hey how far is uh normandy from paris they would choose that point and say it is starting from this point it is this many kilometers mm -hmm. is it is it central to paris or is it yeah so we've been there twice once when it was before it burned down and then once like a month after it burned down. Um, and it's, it's pretty sensuous right by uh, like St. Germain in the Latin quarters. Um, okay. But yeah. That's just as the point they pick of here's where you are. Here's where you're, you know, from, from Paris to it, wherever it's you're going. Like central for the longest amount of time. Okay. Makes sense. It's it's a landmark everyone knew, you know, yeah. since 1163. So, the the one that surprised me is that it was the most visited monument in Paris over the Eiffel Tower. Mm. Yeah, that's surprising. All right, guys. Well, you finished five for ten. Half your questions correct. Uh, you also brought some great questions for us. So, uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for being our guest on Trivia with Friends. If you are playing along at home tell us on instagram trivia with friends podcast tell us how you did and see if you did better than our friends and we'll see you next week